Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Anybody happy to be in church today? So good. So good to see you in the room. So good to see you online. Come on, welcome everybody watching online right now. So glad you're with us. And just, just remain standing for a moment. Uh, we wanted to do something yesterday. was the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And so this weekend in all of our services, we're just taking a moment to remember and to honor the, the loss, to honor the moment. And we just wanted to pause for a moment. And I want to do what, what I feel like we should do as a church, and that is remember, but I also want to take a moment and pray. And pray for our nation and pray for those that are still affected today. And so today we pause. We remember uh, the 2,977 people who lost their lives. We remember those who lost their lives in the World Trade Center. We remember those who were on the airplanes. We remember those who were at the Pentagon. We remember those who lost their lives in a field in Pennsylvania. We remember the 343 firefighters 71 police officers when instinct would have been to run away duty said to rush in and give the ultimate sacrifice and so today we we honor them we remember them and we just want to take a minute and come on would you pray with me let's pray for our nation father we 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 pause First of all, there are still family members who have a gap in their life. and We remember them today. We pray that this weekend the God of all peace and comfort would minister to them. God, we pray for our nation. I've never seen just a collective grief like what happened on that day 20 years ago. So, Father, we, we remember and we pray for those that are still affected today. We pray for our nation. And God, all of us remember where we were when we heard about it. But God, I also remember on this day, September 12th, I remember that we were, there was such unity in our nation. Like we, we, we weren't one party or another party, or we, we were all Americans in that moment. And Father, I pray that, that there would be a move of your spirit that would make our nation one. And God, I pray that it wouldn't be a catastrophic event that brings us together. I pray it'd be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that brings us together. And God, I pray. We know there's people that are enemies of freedom. They're enemies of prosperity. They're enemies of the way of life that we have in this nation. And then God, I ask that you stretch out your sovereign hand and you protect our nation against those that would attack it. God, the, the American church is strong. The American church is prosperous. 
And Father, there's an enemy that wants to destroy this nation because he wants to destroy the church within this nation. But we tell the enemy he can't have our nation, he can't have our church. We're going forward in Jesus' name. And we ask that you watch over us. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege, the blessings, all that we have. And today we remember in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, would you give God some praise in the room today? Thank God. You can be seated. So glad, so glad that you're here. This weekend is season, is the kickoff of season three. And we, we run our group's ministry and uh, our church in seasons. And so the first season is in the beginning part of the year. And then over the middle of the year, season two. And you've probably figured it out. We're getting into the end of the year. So it's season three. It's not complicated, right? And so this is uh, season three of our church, and I want to encourage you to find a place. Uh, I, I think there's a difference between just attending church and really being involved in church. And we do different groups. We have freedom groups. Uh, any of, any, anybody ever been to a freedom conference? And if, if you don't know what that's about, you should know that what that's about. Uh, the, the greatest way, you know, our, our mission is to lead people into abundant life in Christ. And one of the most effective things that we do is, is freedom groups and, and freedom conference weekend. And you owe it to yourself to be a part of a freedom conference. I can't even articulate it. I can just promise you your life will never be the same. And then we do together groups. Uh, uh, we get together, we lean into the word of God, we pray together all over our community, all over our region, people get together, you can get together online and we lean into the word of God, we lean into prayer. It's been amazing to see what getting together uh, does. So we, we pray with one another for our needs and you need a place to go deeper into the word of God, you need a place to go deeper in relationships and you need a place where people can stand with you when you're walking through the inevitabilities of life and some of the most amazing prayer uh, praise reports that have come out of our church aren't even on a Sunday it's just groups getting together saying you got a need we're going to stand with you in prayer and believe God for you and then we have financial peace university and it's an incredible resource that we've been doing for years now uh, in, in our church and it's it's to help you manage and steward money God's way and a, a lot of people have this idea about Financial Peace University like if you're really in bad financial shape that it can help you and, and it can but it's not really uh, it's it's more than that it's, you don't have to be in financial trouble to, to receive the benefit of Financial Peace University what Financial Peace University is is it's learning how to steward money God's way and, and God's way is always better than our way. And it'll help you set some goals and get to some places where you can live in a way that other people aren't living. And then there's a lot of people, like we do these special offerings and they're like, man, I, will, I would love to give. I promise you, if you'll follow Financial Peace University in a few years, you'll be able to give whatever you wanna give, whatever God lays on your heart, because I believe God's gonna do some great things. So anybody excited about season three of our church? There, there'll be leaders out today, or you can go on mycoastlifechurch.com and, and get connected. I'm so excited. And then this weekend, we're, we're launching a, a new collection, and this is a type of a collection that we will do periodically, and I'm calling this the, a, a lost art collection. Uh, and from time to time, we'll, we'll do a collection like this, and it's, it's going to have a topic of something that 
I feel like needs to be revisited or we feel like it needs to be revived or rediscovered in a, in a fresh way, rediscovering some ancient truths. And, and this weekend, we're kicking off a collection called The Lost Art of Seeking God. And for, you've been wondering what, what Culture Week was all about. It was just our church positioning ourselves just to seek the Lord. To, to, to find out what God has for us. And I want to kick off this collection with two, two different portions of Scripture, Deuteronomy 4, 29, Jeremiah 29 and 11, and then I'm going to read verses 13 and 14. Deuteronomy 4, 29 says, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Anybody ever heard that verse before? Come on, that's, that's a, it's a popular verse. Like if you scroll social media, you'll, you'll see that. Uh, it, there, there's all kinds of Pinterest moments with that. Somebody has that verse tattooed on their body right now. <laughs> Like it's, and, and you, it, it, I'm not, I'm making fun, but I'm not making fun. It's so encouraging, right? It's like, it's just so filled with hope. It's, it's such good news. But I want you to, let's, let's read on. Like what, where do those plans come from? You will seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. And I, I want to preach a, a message today called a heart and soul. When I, when I was in college about 700 years ago, uh, I, I, would, I, I went to a little junior college in, in North Mississippi and so during the summer, I, I would get these jobs just to make some money, and I would get jobs that the factories would always hire over the summer. And if, if, I don't know if you feel like you have a bad job or not, but I could take you to work at a factory in North Mississippi, and you'd probably come home and be grateful for whatever job you have. I, I don't know if they are, are familiar with OSHA. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but um, it's pretty rough working conditions, and I got to... I got a job at this factory, and, and I showed up, and I just had a, I mean, I just f literally filled out an application. They called, said, show up at this day, show up. The boss says, okay, get in the truck. We're going to a warehouse. Get in the truck, go to a warehouse. We pull up. There are two people watching one guy load boxes from the warehouse onto a, onto a box truck. Two, of, two people are watching one guy work, and then me and the boss show up. Now there's four people watching one guy work. And then all of a sudden, the, their three heads turn at me, and the boss says, why are you just standing there? And I was just like, what are we doing here? Like, what's going on? Like, nobody told me what to do. Nobody. Finally, the boss's secretary, who was one of the people, showed me, like, okay, here's a dolly. There's a dolly over there. I'm like, okay, well, that's helpful. And then, you know, are we loading all the boxes? Are we, what are we doing? And she's like, okay, here's the numbers on the boxes. You know, and, 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 and we go through all of this stuff. So it, it was just this moment. And I, I don't know if you've ever had a job where, where you didn't know what you were doing. Come on, anybody ever, you, maybe you fudged on a resume that you shouldn't have fudged on? <laughs> got into a, a job that maybe you weren't quite qualified for. 
or or maybe maybe you just got into a job that was there was just so much it felt overwhelming to you by the way that that factory went out of business real short after that just to wrap up that story but when you when you look at the problems of the world today and when you when you look at the news and you 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 do all of that it it feels like night is falling it it feels like darkness is taken over it it can feel overwhelming Uh, sometimes as a joke to myself I get my phone out I'm gonna check the news I'm just like I'm just gonna see if the world is still there like you know what catastrophic event is going on today and and it can feel overwhelming and and as Christians as as the church I think you know sometimes it feels like everybody's looking at us like hey get busy what, what are you doing and so what what are we supposed to be doing right now if if we're Christians if we're the church what are we supposed to be doing what what are we supposed to be getting involved in it can feel overwhelming but I think right now as the church we just need to be rediscovering the lost art of seeking God of, of just learning how to, to seek God. And the predominant time when you hear the words seek and you hear the word God, the, the way that it's communicated is from the perspective that God is seeking us. You ever heard that, you know, God's running after you, God's pursuing you, and, and, and God's coming after you, God's looking for you, God's searching for you, God is pursuing you, and, and listen, that's a 100% true perspective, but it's not the only perspective. That's, that's not the only thing that God's word gives us, and, and my hope is that we can bring out a, a more complete perspective because one perspective is that God is looking for us, but, a, but another perspective is that we are supposed to be looking for God, that we're supposed to be seeking Him. And I, I want to just give you, a, help, help us get a better perspective, and I asked the team to put together a, a little graphic for me, and I want to show you, these, these are the verses where the Bible talks about us seeking God versus God seeking us. And, and you'll notice on one side, there, there are 40 verses in the Bible that talk about us seeking God. On the other side, there are four verses about God seeking us. Does that, does that help you get a little bit of perspective about what God wants from us? But I want to give you an even better perspective. The, the verses about, about God seeking a person when, when God is looking for us, it's, it's God looking for Adam after the fall of man in Genesis. It's God and Ezekiel looking for the lost and scattered and, and broken sheep of Israel. It's, it's God as the shepherd leaving the 99 and, and looking for the one. And, and I want you to understand that's a 100% true perspective because that is the grace of God and that is to come after us when we're lost and we're broken and we're scattered. And, and it's God's grace that when we walk away, he doesn't turn his back on us. That it's God's grace that when we don't pursue him, that he isn't still interested in us. It's, it's God's grace. And we live in a world that when something is broken, we discard it. We throw it away. We don't have anything else to do with it. But we serve a God that doesn't throw away broken things. We serve a God that goes and finds broken things 
and redeems it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make it back to what it was and I'm going to use it again. I've got plans for it. And I want to tell you, that's the goodness of God. That's the grace of God that he doesn't just abandon us. Even if we abandon him, that if we walk away, he still has a heart for us. And if we're broken, he, he doesn't disown us. He actually wants to get us. He wants to put us back together again. And he wants to bring us back to his purpose. And we need to understand that's the grace of God. And that's the goodness of God, but the goal isn't to be perpetually lost. It's not to be perpetually broken. It's not to be perpetually scattered. The goal is to be found. The goal is to be gathered. The goal is to be whole and being in a place where God's not looking for me. I'm looking for him. I'm searching for the things that God has for my life. And, and it's the, the place of strength isn't being in a place where it's like, man, God is pursuing me and God's perpetually pursuing me. I think some of us are trying to make sure God gets his exercise that, man, God's in great shape because he's having to run after me for a long time. And I just want to tell you, that's, that's grace, but that's not the goal. The goal is to be gathered in this room, have my life put back together again and say, now, come on, now I'm going after God's plans. I'm going after God's plans purpose. I'm going after everything God has for me. And by the way, God's plan is that I would prosper to give me a future and to give me a hope to lead me into a good place. And I'm going after everything God has for my life. That's the goal. And, and seeking God is a position we fill. It's, it's why we're here to, to be people whose hearts are turned towards God. We, we seek God's will. We, we seek God's presence. We, we seek God's wisdom. We seek the favor of God. We're, we're, we're in a position, our, our role, if you're wondering what we should be doing right now, our, our role is to just seek God. Bruce Springsteen has this song, and that, that's such an old reference. And I tried to find something more relevant, but I... I listened to all 17 hours of Donda and I couldn't find anything that helped me. So for all the 80s loving people, any 80s loving people, the, the, the shorty shorts and crew socks are back, so we might as well just bring Bruce Springsteen back as well. Bruce Springsteen has a song called Hungry Heart. Anybody ever heard the song Hungry Heart? It's, a, it's an awesome song. It contains a, like a really incredible truth Literally, we do a, a collection called Playlist where we use a song, that, the line, everybody has a hungry heart. Our, our hearts are hungry. We, we are searching souls. We're, we're perpetually looking for something. And, and listen, if we don't set our hearts to seek God, our hearts will seek God in everything but God. It's like, no, I'm looking for a relationship. No, you're trying to find what you're missing with God in a relationship. Like, no, I've got an addiction. No, you're trying to fill something in your heart that only God can fill with the substance that only God can do. And, and if we don't set, then we'll, f we'll fill it with something else. That's why... Could, I could go a while on this, but, you know, people get into all kinds of causes and get into maybe all kind of 
activism and, 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 and I think sometimes it's just a, a, a space we're just searching, searching, searching and, and we need to be careful that where our hearts are set is I'm not searching for God in everything but God, I'm searching for God himself. And seeking sets four things in your life. Like it's a position and it sets you. Number one, seeking sets our priorities. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, and I want you to notice this, but seek first. You notice those two words together. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. According to Jesus, the priorities of our lives is, is to seek the kingdom of God, just, just to seek God's will. And Jesus taught us something really challenging because he knew what we would face and he knew the distractions that would come. So he said, don't seek the material things, seek the immaterial things. And don't seek for the things that are physical, seek for the things that are spiritual. Because the, the natural thing in life would just be, go at, would be to go after all of the physical things, right? Like the things that, we can, that are tangible, that, that we can really see. It has so much power in our life. And then we, we neglect the things that are spiritual because we can't see them. Does that make sense? That, so it's like he knew the physical draw would be there and that we would kind of out of sight, out of mind. I just forget about this immaterial thing called the kingdom of God this thing called the presence of God, this thing called the will of God. And so he said, well, you're going to have a tendency to seek for physical things, but what you need are the spiritual things. And, and here's, here's the, the, the conundrum is when you seek only for the physical, you miss the spiritual. But here's the promise. If you will seek the spiritual, God will add the physical. He said, I'll add these things that when you seek the spiritual, you get both. And one day there was a, a young man who was wealthy and was in a leadership position. He's known as the rich young ruler. And, and he, he came to Jesus and said, I want this thing called eternal life. I want this thing called the kingdom of God. I, I want that. And, and Jesus said, man, you, you, all you got to do, you know, he gave him, don't, don't steal, don't kill, don't murder, don't, don't commit adultery. And he's like, I, I've got all of that. And Jesus said, what, just, there's just one thing that you lack. And, and people get uh, all, this all twisted stood up uh, and try to make a doctrine out of something that Jesus said one time, but he just said, there's, there's one thing you lack, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. Like, when, why would Jesus put this on him when he doesn't put it on anyone else? I, I think maybe it's because he was trying to show him his priorities, because he said, my priority is, is the spiritual, it's the immaterial, but Jesus said, I don't know that it really is, because what's holding you and what your priority is are the physical things, and, and, you're, and, and you can't let go of the physical things, so let me show you what is the priority of your life and it's not the kingdom of God it's the kingdom of self and I want to show it to you and I wonder what would have happened in that moment if if he would have realized that following Jesus he could have found out that not only did God care about his soul and about him pursuing the kingdom of God but that God also cared about his family that God also cared about his house that God also cared about his finances that God cared about his needs because what he didn't understand was 
because if I will wholeheartedly prioritize the kingdom of God, God actually cares about all of those other things as well. He'll make sure that I don't miss out. And not only does seeking set our priorities, but all you have to do is look at your priorities to determine what it is that you're seeking. And listen, that's, that's why the first 10% of my income, it, it goes to God. Why is that? Because I'm setting a priority in my life that above anything else that I'm looking for, I'm looking for God's kingdom in my life, that I want access to the kingdom of God. That's why the first of my week belongs to the house of God. Listen, I'm, I'm pursuing a career, you're pursuing hobbies, you're pursuing interests, but the priority of my life is I'm seeking the kingdom of God. I'm seeking his will, his way. And when you, what you seek sets your priority and your priorities work out God's will for your life. And the will of God is for us to be seeking the will of God. And a lot of people are looking for like this, what is the will of God in my life? What should I do this? Should I do that? You know what I've found is that if you will put yourself in a position of seeking the will of God, you don't have to figure out the will of God. The will of God will find you. You don't have to find it. It will find you. When you set yourself in a place, I'm going to, honor God with my finances. I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going to serve others. I'm going to get in community. I'm just going to position myself in right priorities. You don't have to go find the will of God. The will of God will find you. Doors will open. Opportunities will come. Blessings will come. Relationships will come. So many people are looking for a spouse and looking for this. Listen, position yourself in the right priorities to seek the Lord and God's blessing and God's will knows where you're at. God knows your address. He knows exactly where you're at. He really knows where you're at and you don't have to find the will of God. The will of God will find you. Here's the second thing. Seeking sets our direction. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and you will find me. I'm going to lead you through your seeking into the right place. Here's the question, which direction is my life headed? Am I moving forward into everything God has for me or am I falling back from where I used to be? Which direction am I going? There's an an old school word and when you say old school, you have to spell school with a K. Uh, So there's there's an old school word that we used in church. I don't know how many of y'all grew up in a a church culture like I did, but you didn't even have to uh, define this word. Everybody just knew what it was and it was used like a a lot, but you don't hear it much anymore. It's actually a biblical term and and the term was backsliding. Anybody go to a church where you know know what the word backsliding means? And it's it's a biblical term, but it it was used to define someone who had, had maybe once been faithful to church and then had, had stopped attending or it was somebody maybe who had conquered some sin issues and they had moved on from it and, and then they had fallen back into those issues. But basically, backsliding is losing ground you've previously taken. You, you took it and, and now you're, you're sliding back and God wants to lead you but God wants, and God wants to direct your paths. God, God wants to guide your life, but God always leads you forward. God, God, never, God never returns you back. He, he never takes you back to, to where you were. He never takes you back 
to the place, go backwards. It never takes you back to addiction. He never takes you back into isolation. He never takes you back into bondage. God always leads you into more freedom, into more community, into into more purpose, into more courage, into more calling, into more faith. God's leading you forward. So how does God lead you? The way God leads you is through your seeking. If, if you want to be led by God, you've got to learn how to, how to seek God. And God, God is a moving forward God. And, and, you know, one of our values at our church is we relentlessly pursue progress. They, we're, we're, we're tr- we're, we want to advance the kingdom of God. We want to move our lives forward. And you, you'll hear us say that phrase, like we're, we're a moving forward church. And, and you know what that is? It's a decision that we're not going to backslide. We're just going to keep taking ground. We're going to keep moving, seeking our way. And however it takes, we're just going to keep seeking our way forward in God's plans and God's purpose. And, and a lot of people have this idea that moving forward is this big moment. Like, it, man, when I move forward, it's this big decision that I finally get to make. It's when I move from one place to another place, or it's I make a big move, or I attain a goal, or I finally get married. Now my life is moving forward. I get promoted. Man, my life is moving forward. I, I get a bigger house. My life is moving forward. I finally get a car that I've been, I've been wanting. I get some recognition. I'm moving forward. And everybody looks at that like, man, those are the moving forward moments even even in our church we've, we've bought a building the day that we move in everybody will think man we're that we're moving forward that was a moving forward moment and I just want to tell you that that, that that that's true in a sense but we just had night of prayer on Tuesday night in this room and I want to tell you when we sought God's kingdom and God's presence that's actually when we move forward it was in the position of of seeking of, of looking for God of trying to find his presence and everybody looks at that and they overlook the fact that no none of that would happen if we didn't gather in this room and just seek the will of God and seek the presence of God and I want to encourage somebody in this room right now if you are seeking God you are gaining ground you are moving forward because I think moving forward looks more like learning how to spend time with God like I know nobody's going to post that on social media but if you're learning how to spend time with God you're moving forward in your life I think it's learning how to experience freedom in the presence of God and maybe nothing big happens but a few moments ago we stood in this room and we worshiped and somebody had hands lifted and they experienced the peace of God and the presence of God and they found joy in the house of God and I want to tell you you just gained ground in that moment right there and and moving forward it looks like learning how to hear the voice of God and learning how to tune out the voice of the world and all the naysayers and all the doomsday and just hear what God has to say, hear what God wants to say to you. Like that's moving forward. You know what moving forward looks like? It means learning how to experience delight in daily disciplines, that you're winning the battle of every morning, that I'm learning to to delight in hearing from God, being in his word, being in the presence of God. And I know everybody's looking for the big moment that everyone can celebrate you, but don't overlook Look, if you are seeking God, you are gaining ground. You're moving forward. Here's here's the third thing. Seeking sets my growth. Where am I growing? The the idea of seeking is, is to seek out knowledge. Seek out wisdom. Seek out God's truth. You don't have to find deception. Deception will find you. You don't have to look for deception. 
but you do have to look for truth. And I think there's so much deception, there's so many narratives, and we've never had access to narratives like we do today. And I think, I think we need to learn how to just seek God. Seek God's word. What's the truth? I know, I know what the politicians said. I, knows what, I know what the news anchor said. I know what the entertainer said. I know what the athlete said. I know what the political commentator and activist said. But here's what we need to know. What did God say? There's all of these voices and there's all of these narratives. And one of the practices that we need to make sure we do is is not just get caught up in, in what's going on in the air around us. The Bible calls the enemy the prince of the power of the air. It says he comes as an angel of light. Like it looks good, but is it really good? Well, some of these things we just need to learn, and I, I hope our church serves you well in preaching and teaching the Bible, but can I tell you, there's nothing like opening up God's word and go and find out for yourself what God's word says about, about this. And you gotta seek, you gotta learn how to seek the word of God, which by the way, and that's why we gather in together groups, because what together groups are is they will take the notes from whatever message we preached on the weekend, whether it was me or another speaker, they'll take the sermon notes, they'll turn it into content, and then we'll get together and we'll, we'll dig into God's word and find out what it has to say to us. And that's why I want to encourage you, position yourself in a place where you can study the word of God, be a seeker of God's word, because I promise you, when you know the truth, come on somebody, the truth will set you free. There's freedom in God's word. Here's, here's the fourth thing. Seeking sets my passion. I don't, I don't know if, if you have some uh, passion in your life. I really believe if you, if you dig around, even, even the most stoic and uh, uh, maybe, uh, you know, emotionless person, I think if you, I think if you look around enough, you'll, you'll find a passion point. They may not be expressive in any other way until their team gets a big interception and then there's some passion. I may or may not have had some passion over University of Arkansas football last night. Some passion. Now, I don't know, I don't know which is worse. To, to be passionate about the wrong things or to not be passionate at all. In fact, Jesus said it this way in the book of Revelation. You know, he was bringing encouragement and correction to his church because Jesus loves his church. Jesus is involved in his church. This weekend, Jesus is walking through his church. Like he's, he's watching over his house. And so he would, figuratively it was candlesticks, but it's Jesus just walking through the gatherings. And he had some instructions for one of the churches. He said, I, I, wish, I wish you were hot or cold. 
I wish you'd either be passionate about the right things or passionate about the wrong things. The one thing I don't like is somebody that just doesn't have passion. That, that, that is, is, is mediocre towards the things of God. And, and what's so bad about being lukewarm? What's so bad? I, I think Jesus just wants us to make a decision. And, and when I came to Christ, and I was raised in church, but I had a significant moment with God, and I caught on fire. Like just had a passion for the things of God, had a passion for the word of God, had a passion for the house of God. And, and one of the biggest douses on the flame of my life were, were people that were in church and were lukewarm. It wasn't the world that put out the flame. It was the people in the church that didn't have a flame. And I, I just want to encourage us because I see, I see a, a, a generation of, of young leaders. I see a generation of teenagers. I see a generation of, uh, of first-time church attenders, people that have never been in church in their entire life. And, and, and maybe their season of life is a little bit older, but they're, they're baby, you know, they're, they're young in the faith. And it challenges me because I don't want to be so around this and so accustomed to this that I've got no I've got no flame in my life and I actually begin to douse out what God is doing in their life no I, I think we need to have a season of just God I'm going to seek you because I want you to revive the passion in my life so when somebody else steps in here I'm not putting their fire out we're actually building a larger fire we're, we're creating more passion more hunger for the things of God and my, my verse, my verse for so long and, and just something I always gravitate towards is Psalm 42, 1 through 2. And it just says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. The, the psalmist said, like a deer, and you've got to imagine a deer that's being chased by a prey or chased by a hunter, and it's running for its absolute life. It, 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 it is absolutely out of breath and it's exhausted and, and it's about to fall over and all of a sudden it finds a moment of reprieve and it finds a brook of water and the satisfaction of being able to take a drink of water when there is nothing but exhaustion all around it and how reviving and how nourishing and how satisfying that must be and there's literally nothing else that will save it there's no other substance there's no other source that there has to be a moment to drink from the water or it's not going going to make it the psalmist said that's the condition of my soul that I am running through this world and there is absolutely nothing else that will ever satisfy there is nothing else that will ever take the place of this there is nothing else that will ever be a good substitute it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter they used to say in the old days take the silver and take the gold just give me Jesus just let me just let me have Jesus you can you can take the money you can take this building you can take the lights you can take everything you can take notoriety you can take popularity you can take it all the one thing that I've got to have I've got to have Jesus the one thing that I need as I, 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 I'm thankful for a 401k but what I need is the presence of God I, I'm thankful for some positive things I'm thankful for some blessings but the one thing that will satisfy I need a drink from the well I need a drink from the brook I need a touch from God. I need 
Jesus and nothing else will satisfy. I'm going hard. I'm running fast. I'm going after. I'm seeking. I'm pursuing. God's got a call. God's got a blessing. God's got an anointing. God's got something for us. And I'm not satisfied with everything else. There's one thing I desire. There's one thing I want. And it's God's presence in my life. Come on, stand on your feet. Stand on your feet and give God some praise. Here's, here's some great news. I want to end just with some great news if you're wanting to seek God. Acts 17, 27, Paul says this. He says, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God. There's so much in that, but seek after God and, and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. You ready for the good news? though he's not far from any one of us. Here's the good news. He's not far. He's near. That's why the Bible tells us that if you seek him with your heart and soul, you'll find him. Finding God isn't out there. Finding God is in here. It's, it's not a, it's like, what, what mountain do I need to climb to go meet with God? It's not a mountain to climb. Right. What, what ocean do I need to cross and go, go meet with God? There's not an ocean to cross. What, what desert do I need to traverse? There's, there's not a desert to traverse. It's just a decision. Come on, I'm going heart and soul after God. That there, There's nothing else that will satisfy me. And God said, if you seek me with all your heart, and all your soul, I'm going to be right there in that moment. And I want to tell somebody online and in this room, you may feel like God is far, but just because you're distant doesn't mean God is far. Just because you've walked away doesn't mean God's walked away from you. Just because you're broken doesn't mean God has discarded you. He is right here pursuing. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I pray. Pray that we'll be a church. I pray that we'll be a people that seeks you, that looks for you, that sets priorities, that sets a direction, a purpose, that has a desire to grow in your word. Father, I pray that you would ignite, rekindle, revive the passion, a hunger for things of God. God, let, let our prayer be that we, we're like a deer looking for a source of water we're thirsty for you for the living God come on it was it was Jesus on the cross that was the ultimate act of God looking for us I want to tell you nobody would have blamed God if he would have discarded this broken world if he would have washed his hands of it but that's not the God that we serve the grace of God is God didn't walk away from us. He actually came to us. That Jesus, in the greatest act of love, gave himself, looking for the lost and the broken. And salvation, salvation isn't some external work because Jesus has already done it. Salvation is just an internal decision. It's near you. The Bible says it's, 
It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's, it's the ability to believe and the ability to confess that Jesus is Lord, that he's resurrected. Come on, I'm going to lead us in a prayer today. Maybe, maybe you've never been in a place where you've been in connection and relationship with Jesus. You never had a relationship with Jesus. Never received him. You may feel distant, you may feel foreign, but I believe the grace of God is in this room to gather you into the family of God. Or, or maybe you might be in a position today where at one time you were in a relationship with God, but for whatever reason you walked away. I want to tell you the, the Father is still looking for those that want to return, He's still searching. And he wants, to, he wants to redeem. He wants to buy back. Today, I just want to lead us in a prayer for those that want to receive Jesus, begin a relationship with Jesus, whether for the first time or for a new time, a new moment. Come on, would you just pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you now. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Wash away my sin. Make me a new person. Today I receive you as my leader and my Lord. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a hand? And I, I believe a whole new moment, a whole new life is, is just in one moment of courage and faith and a decision. You ready for this? That I'm taking one step forward. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to leave this place and then go slide back into what I used to be. Come on, I'm going to take one step forward. We're going to do that right now. I'm going to count to three in the room. When I get to three, if you just prayed that prayer, here's your first step forward is to raise your hand and say, today, I'm a brand new person in Jesus Christ. Today, I'm going forward in a relationship with God. Online, when I get to three, I just simply want you to type Jesus. Come on, you ready? You ready for this moment? I, I just believe that this is a moving forward moment. Like, I believe this is a moment where we're breaking generational things. I believe this is a moment where legacy is changing. I believe this is a moment where priorities are changing, where God's kingdom is, is coming into the, Jesus is getting into the center and I'm making a decision. I'm not leaving this room the way I was. I'm leaving this room changed in Jesus' name. You ready for this? On the count of three, if that was you, when I get to three, just raise your hand and say, Jason, that was me today. I'm taking a step forward in faith in Jesus. On the count of three, one, two, if that was you, three, would you raise your hand and just say, today's my day, today's my day. Come on, all across this room. Saw that hand see you online. Come on, say welcome to the family of God. Hey, thank you for joining us and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible. And you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening and God bless you.